Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we have to talk about the Texas Longhorns losing to the Texas Tech Red Raiders in a game they definitely should have won on Saturday. But before we talk about uh, the Texas Tech game specifically, we have to paint the Steve Sarkeesian era uh, with a broader paintbrush, at least thus far. So in the first 16 games in the Steve Sarkeesian era, Texas is seven and nine. They have held a halftime lead in five of those nine losses. They've held a fourth quarter lead in five of those nine losses. They've had double digit leads in four of those nine losses. Rob Babers continues to say these numbers were from Rob Babers. Texas is winning the battle of game plan and preparation, but they are losing the battle of adjustments. I love Sark, and I'm definitely not calling for his job, but numbers don't lie, and those numbers are very concerning. Let's talk about the Texas Tech game specifically. Texas lost 37 to 34 in overtime. And one thing I've been beating the table for since the offseason, I, I came out with the episode and I talked about time of possession, how time of possession was the most important stat for the Longhorns in 2021. And it was something they were going to have to pay more attention to in 2022. Now, I know that there's context that can be put behind time of possession at times. And Sark does have a quick strike offense. You know, Sark wants to score quickly. And so there's times where you can get away with time of possession if you're scoring touchdowns. But time of possession hasn't been friendly to Sark in his tenure at the University of Texas. So last season in 2021, Texas went five and seven. But they were one and seven when they lost the time of possession battle. So all seven of their losses in 2021, they lost the time of possession battle. And then there was an anomaly game against Rice, which they won 58 to zero, but lost the time of possession battle. In 2022, they have lost the time of possession battle three times. They're two and two in those games. In 16 total games, Sark has lost the time of possession battle 11 times. In 16 total games at Texas, Sark has lost the time of possession battle 11 times. 11 out of 16. Not great. Sark's record when he loses the time of possession battle, three and eight. Not great. Those three wins when he loses the time of possession battle, Rice, ULM, and UTSA. Not great. A huge reason why they lost this game was because the defense was on the field for 100 plays and time of possession and the offense not being able to, to keep the ball and sustain long drives plays a part in that. But also, it plays a part into why this offense bogs down in the second half. Because as we'll talk about in a little bit, once Sark gets off his opening script, the creativity in the play calling takes a huge dip. And there's a reason that I just mentioned those numbers. You've blown five fourth quarter leads, five second half leads, and four double digit leads. Because you're losing the time of possession battle in almost 70% of the games that you're playing. Play calling, we're going to stick with Sark, has been another issue for me, and I think a reason they lost on Saturday to Texas Tech. Now, Sark, I think, is still a top-five play caller in college football. And the things that he does with his opening script are beautiful. 
They're a behold to watch. And I thought offensively, at least while Quinn Ewers was in the game, he called a masterful game against Alabama. But it seems like Sark is losing his fastball a little bit after these opening scripts. And when you look at it against Texas Tech, they came out and scored in three plays on a broken play to Keelan Robinson. They came back, I think, two, maybe two or three drives later with a broken play to Xavier Worthy. He was wide open. But after that, we didn't see much creativity. We didn't see much to write home about. And let's talk about this wildcat. This wildcat has been wildly, (laughs) no pun intended, ineffective. And I agree with the wildcat. I think the wildcat can be very useful if you're going to use it to its fullest capacity. As many times as they've ran the wildcat this season, they have yet to throw the ball out of it. If I know that and Sark knows that, then I'm sure the defense knows that as well. And that's why Texas Tech did such a good job stopping it. You're running the wildcat all of these times, but you're running it inside every single time. It's easy to stop. The purpose of the wildcat is to change the numbers in the offense's favor. But if you split Hudson Card out wide and everybody in the world knows you're not going to throw it to Hudson Card with Roshan Johnson, who was recruited to Texas to play quarterback, you can see on film the defender is literally leaving Hudson Card and coming to the box. So in a formation that is designed, the Wildcat, to change the numbers in the offense's favor, you're really changing them in the defense's favor and now putting 11 in the box to stop 10 people. And then on fourth and two, after we get a fourth down stop, on our side of the field, Sark, on our side of the field, with the best running back room in the country, fourth and two, you don't hand the ball off to Bijan, you don't hand the ball off to Roshan, You don't trust Hudson Carter enough to get two yards. We run the same Wildcat that had already been ineffective. And we fake the ball to B. John Robinson. And Roshan, by the time he gets going, there's two to three defenders in the backfield. Because on top of the Wildcat being a dumb play call, especially if you're not going to throw out of it, we can't run block. And then, speaking of the running game and and these design, I mean, and, and the Wildcat, I know that Sark is stubborn and he doesn't want his quarterbacks running the ball. And that works if you have a Quinn Ewers who's not a dual threat quarterback, right? You have a pro style quarterback in Sark's pro style system. But Hudson Card is a dual threat quarterback. And we all can see that Hudson Card would probably be a lot more comfortable if Sark would allow him to run the ball. Running the ball as a quarterback in college football is so vital to these college offenses and to success. And for some reason, Sark continues to snub his nose at it. If you had Quinn Ewers, I would be fine with that, but you don't. And Sark is telling us that he doesn't trust Hudson Carr by his play calling, which gets crazy conservative when Hudson Carr gets in the game or like in this game in the second half. But it's like obvious that Hudson Carr would be more comfortable running the ball. Why can't he get four to six design runs a game? Five to seven, six to eight. Why can't he get 
designed runs that'll help him be more comfortable, help change the numbers on the defense, and open up space in the passing game. Why is Sark so stubborn and so hell-bent on not allowing Hudson Card to run the ball? When it's clear he can do it effectively, I'm sure, especially if it's schemed. And it would give him more confidence. Stop trying to fit a square peg into a circle. Sark, like, or a round hole. It's obvious that Hudson Card is not 100% comfortable in this pro-style system. And while he's your quarterback, you have to do whatever it is to make him comfortable and win football games. And so instead of forcing Hudson Card to acquiesce to you in what you do, why not meet your quarterback halfway and do what makes him comfortable? And Sark, you're supposed to be a top five play caller in college football. You're telling me you can't find a way to utilize Brennan Thompson? Why is 10-2 speed sitting on the sideline, especially when Xavier Worthy doesn't play the whole second half? Savion Ray, we heard nothing but great reviews out of camp from him. Sark, you can't find a way to use him when Xavier Worthy doesn't play the whole second half? You don't have packages for Brennan Thompson with 10-2 speed? And the only reason Ajay Hall and Tariq Milton were out there as much as they were is because Xavier Worthy got hurt. You got all of this talent in the stable. Sark, where is it? Why aren't you using it? I'm not understanding why Brennan Thompson and Savion Red don't even have a target yet outside of the very end of the game against ULM. Why these talented playmakers who we've heard nothing but great reviews about over the summer can't come into the game and make an impact. Especially Brennan Thompson with 10-2 speed. I don't know if Sark is losing his fastball or what, but he needs to show me something. It's too many talented playmakers on that side of the ball for them to be sitting on the sidelines in a game we're losing with the top five play caller in college football at our disposal. And then we need to talk about this run game. And I talked about it last week that the numbers in these long runs were kind of schooling what hasn't been a great run game. And when you look at it in this game, they only had 30 runs for 149 yards, which isn't great to begin with. That's less than five. It rounds up to five yards of carry exactly. If you take away their longest runs, and I know what you're thinking, why take them away? They did it. But it's to show that we have great running backs and great runners. And every once in a while, they're going to break off a long run. But outside of that, the run game has not been great. You take away a 40-yard run by B. John Robinson. You take away a 22-yard run by Hudson Carr. And they average 3.1 yards per carry against Texas Tech on Saturday. Now, our offensive line hasn't been great at run blocking, and Texas Tech has a really good run game. But we have B. John Robinson. We have Roshan Johnson. We have talented but young offensive linemen. And we know that Sark uh, wants to run the ball. He wants this to be a power run game. He wants the play action to work off of that. But that doesn't work if you're going to average 3.1 yards per carry. So Sark has to find a way to get this run game going. You have the best running back in the country and the best backup running back in the country. And yet outside of these long runs, this team is average at running the ball. If we can't run the ball at the University of Texas, then nothing else works off of that. I don't care if you got Quinn Ewers or Hudson Carr. 
And Hudson Card wasn't outstanding, I don't think, on Saturday. Two of his touchdowns came off of broken plays. His only two touchdowns came off of broken plays. But if Hudson Card gives me 34 points, that's a football game I have to win. Quinn Ewers have scored 40-plus, maybe. But once again, if Hudson Card gives me 34 points, that's a game I have to win. So we're going to talk about Pekakowski and this defense next. But I think Sark neglecting time of possession criminally the way he has led to them losing to Texas Tech. The play calling or lack thereof led to us losing against Texas Tech. The creativity living after the script, after Sark's opening script, and not utilizing our playmakers enough or in the right ways led to us losing to Texas Tech. In this run game that continues to struggle outside of a few long runs led to us losing to Texas Tech. We're going to talk about the defense and Pete Kukowski next. First, a quick word from LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We found out an answer to a question we did not want the answer to, or at least we didn't want this to be the answer. The question was, is this defense really good or did they play up for Alabama? Through four games, my answer is they played up for Alabama. Now, the defense was out there for 100 plays, and I talked about it in time of possession. You cannot continuously allow – teams to possess the ball for 10 minutes more than you have it and think that that's a recipe for success. You cannot allow a team to run 40 more plays than you do on offense and think that that's a recipe for success. So I'm going to give the offense some blame on the defense being out there for a hundred plays. And I'm going to give the defense a little bit of a pass in saying that any defense that's out there for a hundred plays is going to be gassed and it's not going to be playing at the highest level. And I think you could see, watching the game very clearly, towards the end of that game, the defense wasn't playing with the same intensity they played at the very beginning of the game or against Alabama, the, the game that they played their hearts out for. But, obviously, a lot of the defense, you know, playing for 100 plays had to do with them themselves. They gave up six fourth down conversions. They gave up 13 third and fourth down conversions, period. So there were 13 different opportunities in that game on either third or fourth down where Texas had a chance to get off the field. And 13 times, Texas Tech got a first down. That's unacceptable. And a big reason for that is the pass rush was non-existent. They were able to put so much pressure on Bryce Young in Alabama. They had Bryce Young in hell for three and a half quarters. But for some reason, we've allowed Frank Harris and Donovan Smith to be completely comfortable against us. Now, this is the game where you miss having that guy. Baron Sorrell was kind of that guy in week one. We haven't seen much from Ovia Gofu. DeMarvian Overshone has flashed in a hybrid role at times. But this is the game where you saw 
the downfall of not having a guy, a guy that can just consistently win one-on-ones and put pressure on the quarterback. Because when they're not dialing up pressure, we can't get pressure with four. And as I've said many times on this show, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're all talented. If you can't get pressure on a quarterback and you can't get pressure on these big 12 offenses, they're going to move the ball up and down and up and down and up and down the field. And that's what Donovan Smith did. Donovan Smith, who had came into this game with five interceptions in less than three full games, two pick sixes, played the best game of his life. 373 yards and three touchdowns with no turnovers. Because the pass rush was non-existent. They got two sacks on him and 56 passes. One of those by a corner and one of those by DeMarvey and Overshawn. And the pressure they were able to scheme up and get on Bryce Young and Alabama, they have not been able to match that since against UTSA and Texas Tech, two teams with very bad offensive lines. Texas Tech had allowed 11 sacks, almost four sacks a game in three games coming into this game. And we get two on 56 passing attempts. Once again, Donovan Smith had thrown five interceptions, two of those pick sixes coming into this game. Texas Tech fans were calling for Donovan Smith to get benched prior to this game. And he plays Texas and has the best game of his life and plays mistake-free. On 56 passes and 12 runs, he touched the ball almost 70 times and did not turn the ball over. That's unacceptable for this Texas defense. And then when you look at it, I'm not going to get too much into Pete Kukowski's scheme, Gary Patterson, who's to blame, who should be the defensive coordinator, anything like that. But when I look at it, why were there so many easy completions? And this is something we talked about last year that reared its head in this Texas Tech game again. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to to look at it and see it's third and seven. Why are y'all playing 10 yards off the receiver or 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage? All these Texas Tech receivers were doing were just sitting down at the sticks, getting first downs. And then Pete Kukowski wants to play this bend but don't break defense. But y'all are breaking because y'all can't tackle consistently. So that's not even working. But you allow 13 conversions on third and fourth down. At some point, you have to be more aggressive and come at them, play the sticks, put pressure on them, heat them up. And I get they tried a lot of different things that didn't work in this game. But they allowed Donovan Smith, who once again, Texas Tech fans were calling for him to be benched before the game. They allowed him to be completely comfortable. They allowed them to convert 13 times on third and fourth downs. And this Texas Tech offense thrives on tempo, something they couldn't get going last week against NC State. Because they couldn't get first downs. But we're allowing them to convert on third down. We're allowing them to convert on fourth down. And they just keep moving the ball up and down the field. They didn't have a bunch of explosive plays. I think they had three out of 56 passes, like three of them went for over 20 yards. That's not a huge ratio, but they continue to get first downs. He only averaged like 5.9 yards of completion. He's just sitting there taking what the defense gives him. And they're just sitting back playing soft zones, allowing him to convert, 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 convert. And you're trying to bend but don't break, but you keep allowing them to get into the red zone. You keep allowing them to get close to the end zone. They're going to punch it in which they did, and that's why Texas lost. So a million reasons why this Texas team lost. 
uh, on Saturday defensively. They weren't aggressive enough, allowed too many first downs, played off of the receivers, didn't get pressure on a quarterback that struggles under pressure, didn't force a quarterback to turn the ball over that struggles with turnovers. And I already talked about all of the offensive uh, you know, deficiencies that they had. So um, after you know, a quick word from the Longhorn real estate team, we'll kind of sum all of this up. I hate talking about this team losing, and hopefully I don't have to talk about them losing again for a while. But uh, once again, after a quick word from the Longhorn real estate team, we'll kind of sum all of this up and, and say what they need to do against a tough West Virginia team coming to Austin on Saturday. Dwell in Austin and Hill Country Mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team and for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, make sure you visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com. In a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients. And our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging proprietary research, information, and expertise which is now more important than ever. Dwell in Austin and Hill Crunchy Mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, make sure you're visiting uh, www.longhornrealestateteam.com. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS 2324262. Jonathan Sarver, NMLS 993872, Equal Housing Opportunity. So Longhorn Nation, I don't want to fire Sark. I don't want to fire Pete Krakowski. I don't want to make Gary Patterson the defensive coordinator. I don't want to get rid of Sark's play calling opportunities. I don't think that we should replace anybody on the offensive line. You know, I, I think that these problems can be fixed. I do think we need Quinn Ewers back at quarterback, and I think Quinn Ewers will, will play against West Virginia. I thought he was going to play uh, against Texas Tech, and that's the reason I predicted, you know, Texas by double digits. But I definitely think Quinn Ewers will be back. But you know, I love Sark, but the numbers haven't been great. As I've said, he started off seven and nine uh, in his first 16 games. He's lost the time of possession battle 11 times in his first 16 games. And he's blown, I guess, what, five double digit leads or four double digit leads. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But in half of the games he's lost, Texas has dominated in the first half. And when you look at Sark's seven wins since he's been at the University of Texas, Stop me if they sound underwhelming. Rice, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, TCU, Texas Tech, UTSA, and Kansas State. In all of our biggest or toughest matchups, Oklahoma, blown double-digit lead. Oklahoma State, blown double-digit lead. Baylor, blown double-digit lead. Texas Tech this year, blown double-digit lead. Once again, I love Sark, and I think he's the right head coach to take this football team to places they haven't been in a while. I think we've seen better development, and I think we've seen better talent acquisition, especially in the right places than we've seen in a while. Sark has already proved to be an A-plus recruiter. What he has not yet proved is that he can be an A-plus head coach. And this loss to Texas Tech was a setback because now 16 games in the Steve Sarkeesian era, the defining moment of our head coach is almost beating Alabama. And I guess Sark wants to walk around with swagger and he wants to talk to the media how he wants to talk to and he wants to run his program how he wants to run and be snarky and be sassy and all of that. And I support it. 
as long as you're winning games. Because we have to take a step back and say these first 16 games for Steve Sarkeesian after this loss to Texas Tech, as much as I love Sark, haven't been great. And at the end of the day, you're judged on wins and losses. Sark is an A-plus recruiter. Is he an A-plus head coach? We'll find out over the next eight games. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We lost to Texas Tech. Now let's go get a win against West Virginia. Hook them. Peace.